I have uh, known that I've been uh, speaking on the Martha and Mary story all week, and I've also known that I was hosting a dinner party on Friday night with my wife being in San Diego on an art course. That presented a little bit of a problem. Um, and I was also, though, aware of what it would mean to host in the light of the Mary and Martha story. I did not want to be accused of fretting about many things and being not present to my guests, whilst at the same time producing something that was really worthy of eating. So um, that being said, I was managing the situation pretty well. I think I had everything organized before they came. Uh, and uh, we just had to get the barbecue on and, and get the steaks cooked, which is always a bit tense because you get different, you know, mediums, rares, and whatever you. So just as the barbecue is on, my two-year-old grandson from San Diego decides he must speak to Grandpa T through FaceTime. And so there he is. Uh, just like... Um, Ethan, standing in front of Dad. I must say hi now, Dad. So I said to uh, my guest, uh, would you look after the steaks? <laughs> and I spent the time that the steaks were cooked talking to my two-year-old grandson. And I thought this is, this is the right way to exegete the Martha and Mary story. My full attention was given to a two-year-old, and the meal, well, it was okay. Um, it wasn't the highest priority for me at that moment. And I thought that my guests would be touched by that reality. And I think they really were. Now, in the workshop that we looked at this morning, um, we looked uh, at the impact of how we are affirmed as people, and the result of being affirmed determines our worth, whether it's extrinsic or intrinsic. If it's extrinsic, what I can do for you will meet your approval I, if I can cook you a good meal, you'll like me. But if you have intrinsic worth, I don't have to cook you a good meal, and you will still love me. Because there's something inside of me that's lovable, rather than my gifts or my abilities. And I believe that this Martha and Mary story highlight that great truth. In the earlier session, um, uh, Brittany, where are you, Brittany? There you are. Uh, I haven't forgotten. Uh, Brittany uh, shared with us just how important birthday parties are to tell us something about ourselves. And in a couple of minutes, Brittany, can you would like to repeat what you said in our session this morning? Would you like to come up here and... Yes, right now. Yeah, <laughs> scary thought. <laughs> I, I thought I'd asked you in there that, 
Yeah, yeah, right. Hello. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I just uh, one of the, the points on on um, Trevor's list was um, were your parents present at your birthday? Um, and I've been going through counseling for the last year, and I didn't realize until I was in counseling that that actually was quite significant to me. Um, and my father wasn't. I don't remember him at my birthdays, and my mother was was running around like a crazy woman. <laughs> and I told Trevor that I realized in counseling that what I really needed was my mom to just be looking at me, like sitting and kind of doting on me. Um, so yeah, I had that realization in counseling. Exactly. I needed a Mary, <laughs> not a Martha. Yeah, yeah, you needed a Mary, not a Martha. That's right. Um, that's such a great illustration. Thanks so much, Brittany, for uh, uh, coming up here and sharing that with us. Um, I think we've all needed... Uh, parents who are Marys, uh, parents who would literally sit at our feet and allow us to delight them. I was once running an alpha course, and we got to week four, the assurance of faith. And in the break after the lecture, uh, uh, a 66-year-old woman, uh, which actually is no longer old. It, it used to be uh, about 10, 15 years ago. <coughs> um, <laughs> um, why did I come up with the age of 66? I wonder. Um, anyway, she came bounding up to me in the break, and she said, I, I'm in a crisis. And I said, what, what's the crisis? I'd known her to be... Um, a very committed Christian for many, many years. She said, look, she said, in this lecture, I realize that I have worked for Jesus for 66 years and I have never let him work for me. In other words, my, my whole worth, my assurance is based on my working for him my working enables me to be acceptable, to be good enough, to be received, to, to be valued. And I've never let him serve me through listening to me, through caring for me, journeying with me. And that night, uh, the shift came for Nora from salvation by works to salvation by faith that Jesus' gift for her was the gift of himself, which she needed to receive and say thank you for, and know that her worth was now on the basis of this wonderful gift that she was given, the gift of Jesus. Well, we have a passage and we have a context, and a text without a context is a pretext for the sermon, whatever the preacher wants to do with it. So I must give you context, and the context is this. Immediately prior to Martha and Mary, there is the story of the Good Samaritan. And the Good Samaritan's story is very similar to Mary and Martha. Because it's a story where Jesus breaks the expected boundaries. In the Good Samaritan story, you have 
uh, a man who's on his way and is beaten up along the road and he's left to die. And on that same road, a religious person, a priest, comes down the road and he's headed to Jerusalem and he's got so many important religious thoughts going on in his mind that he doesn't really notice this man, man, but he does notice him because he goes to the other side of the road, walks by him. A Levite, you know, another you know, elder in the church, does the same thing, passes by. And then a Samaritan who, by, who were viewed as the Jews as really only half Christians, half Jews, if that, they were very inferior types. The Samaritan is the one that comes and provides care and takes care of the man. So the story is about unexpected boundaries around who will be good hosts, who will care. So what does caring look like and who, who are the caregivers? So the Mary and Martha story follows a similar theme. We've got two different carers, one that cares through providing a meal and one that cares by providing presence. As Brittany said, a mother who sat at my feet and listened to me, who looked at me, who paid attention to me. So we get two different types of caregivers. But there's far more in the story than just two different types of caregivers. This story used to be interpreted as um, uh, affirming two types of spirituality, those who were action-orientated and those who were contemplative orientated and both we both need food and we need spirituality so the world is a happy place everybody has a part to play I, I think that simply does not work as, a, as an exegesis for this passage N.T. Wright has a, a very interesting um, perception about what the Martha and Mary story what's going on in this story keep in mind that women were not allowed in the living area where Jesus placed himself. Women were expected to be in the kitchen. That makes some of you quite angry at this point, I'm quite sure, but I have just told you that I was in the kitchen, so don't shoot at me at this point. So uh, N.T. Wright says, why was Martha so irritated with Mary? Was it simply because there was a big meal to cook and she needed extra hands. Or maybe. What N.T. Wright thinks is that Martha was very angry that Mary should step over the boundary, the threshold, and be in that space designated for men. Who does she think she is? And secondly... She places, Mary places herself at the feet of Jesus, which is reserved for those who are in serious theological studies to become rabbis. Interesting. And, and does Jesus say, whoa, Mary, you shouldn't be here. You'll get yourself in trouble. You'll get me in trouble. Mary, you've chosen the better part. For you will be part of those who are schooled to teach the kingdom of God. That's a very interesting and radical interpretation. I think it's the right one. 
And then, in addition to that, what is the basis of your confidence that Jesus will receive you? Is it based on the good meal, or is it based on the uh, fact that Jesus values you as a person, that your job is to sit at his feet and to allow him to attend to you. Now, if the golden rule applies to this story, what was the golden rule? Jesus' golden rule was do unto others as one would have done to oneself. So if, if Jesus was saying, I want you to do to me as actually I would do to you. And Jesus is saying to Mary, I, Mary, I need someone to listen to me. There's so much going on in my ministry and in what's about to happen to me. I just need to sit with someone who can help me Yes, teach, but process. Someone who will attend to me. Even this morning in the teaching session, um, there was that reciprocity going on. I was incredibly blessed by that sense in which there were those there who were truly listening. And so not only did I have the opportunity to share something, I was received at a level that was deeply affirming. And so, if the golden rule applies, Jesus is saying, this is what I expect from those who come to me uh, as hosts. But when I'm the host, I want to offer the same. I want to sit at your feet as the host and wash your feet. I want to listen to you. We'll make your birthday party special by the fact that you're given special time with mom, with dad, with, with Jesus. Just so that the two of you sit and gaze at each other so that you feel that you are known as Jesus looks into your eyes and you see that he's looking into your eyes, which means that you know he knows what you know. There's that sense of deep communion because there are no secrets left. He knows all about you. He knows everything about you. And yet, he continues to hold his gaze of love. So Jesus, the host, looks and listens and attends and receives and cares and loves and holds you. And in that experience of being received and loved, you find who you are. You discover your worth. Jesus is the host at the, the table 
he's the host at the heavenly banquet. And the Mary and Martha story tells us what sort of host he's going to be. We can have tremendous confidence that he will be a great host. Many years ago, I was counseling somebody, and um, they described that, uh, this woman described that she frequently held dinner parties. And every time she did, she got totally stressed out by the fact it had to be perfect. And uh, she would be exhausted even before the end of the dinner party, but felt compelled to do another one and another one. And she realized that the issue for her was that she had to be perfect in order to be accepted. It was safer for her to give them a good slice of prime rib than to have a slice of her. They would enjoy, she had confidence that they would enjoy her apple crisp, but she might leave a bad taste in their mouth. And she didn't want to risk that. So the meal had to be perfect. I have more confidence that they'll be satisfied with the meal than confidence that my company will be satisfying. Mary chose to listen and to absorb Jesus' teaching, thus demonstrating what Jesus has already said, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. Martha models, on the other hand, what Jesus has already said. Martha is concerned herself with the food that perishes. Let's summarize how Jesus wants to work for us rather than for us to work for him. Jesus, as the host, he commits to give himself fully and completely to you, to attend to you, to listen to you. Unlike Martha, Jesus will be patient with you. He will serve you. He values learning and especially learning about you. He values women and men equally and treats them the same. The meal in your life's experience may be simple. In other words, your circumstances may not be perfect, but the one who is with you in the meal is himself perfect and makes the whole experience perfect, even though it's a very simple meal at times. And finally, he values time with you, and that's why he invites you to spend time with him. Not because in some measure you're spending time with him will make something up in him that's missing. It will actually make something up in you that's missing. That unmerited, undeserved favor of someone who listens to you at a depth that
that you didn't even know existed. 